Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. I got a very interesting guest for you today. He's he's got an awesome story. He's an awesome athlete. John Terrell, thank you so much for coming on the show. How'd it go? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I'm really excited to hear your story. I know a little the bare basics, but it's not the same hearing it from the man himself. So I'd like to kind of take it way back. Uh, where did you grow up? What kind of kid were you growing up? Uh, I grew up in Converse, Texas, which is the suburbs of San Antonio. I uh, grew up with two older brothers. Um, I'm one of six, but I come from a blended family. Uh, so I didn't grow up with my four other siblings, um, but or my three other siblings, but I did grow up with two older brothers. So really just following suit, um, like whatever they were into, I, like I was kind of into, I was always tagging along. Um, and sports were kind of like an early calling for me, like at the age of four, so like so tagging along with my brothers we'd always go to the pool and i always wanted to do what my brothers would do so um and my brother was on the swim team so naturally i tried out for the swim team when i was four i didn't make it and i came back um the next year with vengeance and made the team (laughs) so uh yeah like uh man like growing up like a middle class suburban lifestyle right um yeah, mom and dad owned like an embroidery store, uh, like screen printing and, and embroidery. So they make T-shirts and signs. Um, my dad was on like involved in the school board growing up. Um, and then sports, like sports were always before and after school. So, yeah, I started off with swimming and then karate, football, basketball, baseball, um, BMX, motocross skateboarding i don't know if i already said that but oh, yeah just try them all man see what you like right uh yeah dude just like just always out front playing in the street right and like uh just like we had a good block so like um yeah there was always like five or six of us playing and just like it was uh it's like it, and it's just so wild like one of my neighbors was a clown and the other one was a triathlete so like i'd be out front playing and i'd see these guys practicing their craft right the, and the clown part of the clown's routine was like he would ride flatland bmx right so like i'd go up like so like i gravitated towards that and i just go like watch him ride and like i'm on my bike so like i'm trying to imitate him and do what he's doing and he starts showing me some tips right and he let us borrow a unicycle um and then my other neighbor was a triathlete and he, and he'd come home and like i'd go talk to him and he's like yeah i just rode 100 miles and that <laughs> blew my mind oh, as a yeah. kid I, I'm like on your bike. He's like, yep. Like, and so, yeah, that's just like, that just kind of opened a lot of doors in my mind or like early on. Um, just kind of like looking back at legitimized riding a bike, um, as a profession for me. Like, look at yeah. the both ends of the spectrum, man. I, you don't hear that. Like I grew up with a bunch of clowns, but not like professionally. Yeah. They're just a bunch of fools that I grew up with. So that's really cool. You got exposed to, Hey man, there's, you can run a hundred miles or you can ride a unicycle, like honking a horn and stuff. And there's so many ways you can go about this. That's, that's a cool yeah. upbringing right there. So yeah. Let's, let's, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. So, uh, can you tell people about the accident that it resulted in your limb difference? Yeah. So, um, so I was involved in like, uh, in an auto accident in 2014, March 23rd, 2014, I was helping my friend um, move back from Florida and uh, we were traveling on I-10 near Beaumont and the alternator went out on the vehicle and uh, we drove it until the power went out. And then we were just like right off the interstate on 10, uh, get out, like get out of the car, walk over the median to the uh, access road. And then we started hiking the access road, trying to find shelter. And uh, at a certain point we regained service on our phone. So we just stopped right there and stayed put. And we're like, just like right up like against the edge of the road. And uh, there's like some taller grass. And like, I remember um, like just kind of sitting there and like, it was early in the morning. It's like two in the morning maybe. And like, I'd been riding my bike all day um just like i was tired and like i remember falling asleep and like we were huddled in, in this blanket and i turned over like i turned to him i'm like hey like keep an eye on me don't let me get hit um and then like just kind of hearing him like he stood up and was pacing around and talking on the phone and um and then like my next memory was i just like woke up in the hospital oh, wow. and, and he was next to me and like uh he was in shock 
right? He's just like pale as a ghost. And I just kept asking him like, what happened? And he's like, uh, and like, he just like, he's just like, you got hit. And I was like, how? And he's like, he just didn't have anything to say. And, um, and I asked him like, well, like, did you get hit? He's like, no. I'm like, dude, we're right next to each other. Like, what? Right. And like, like, and like, he was just kind of speechless and it just like, didn't make a lot of sense. Right. And so flash forward, I spent seven days in, in the hospital. Uh, I sustained a brachial plexus injury. So, um, my root was avulsed. If you think of your, uh, spinal cord as an electrical column, essentially my nerve was unplugged or cut like at the root. Right. So, um, initially I was misdiagnosed because it's a very tough injury to diagnose. And then, uh, moving forward, um, I kind of became enlightened about the severity of my situation and had to process that. But going back to the initial situation, seven days out of the hospital, uh, one of, um, I get back home to San Antonio, one of our mutual friends comes over. I'm still have a lot of unanswered, like unanswered questions. And one of our mutual friends comes over and is telling me this, telling me the story of what happened. And he says like, yeah, Zach was in his car and he heard tires squeal and he knew that something like that, like that you got hit. And I, and like, of course, if you've, if you've ever played the telephone game as a kid, right? Like oh, yeah. the message gets skewed as it goes down the line. So like, so I asked him, I'm like, okay, like who told you this? Cause I'm not talking to anyone at this point. Right. I'm sat up. I'm broke off. I'm not like, I'm not trying to get to the bottom of anything, but I asked him, I'm like, what happens? Who told you this? And he's like, Oh, Zach did. I was at his house. And like, it just kind of clicked that like, Oh, like against his better judgment, he like left, like he left. And then, and then like, I ended up getting hit, but, uh, and, and, and I say all this because it's so important in the story. Right. And like in my story of like growth and healing and like taking ownership and responsibility for things. Right. Um, so, so he, so, so I'm informed that he walked off and then, uh, it, like I just kind of put the pieces together, like oh, like the reason why I got hit was because like no one was that like no one was there to intervene, right? And um, and and I got really angry about that, right? And just really upset about how about just what a loss of life, a loss of opportunity, right? Just um, I used to tell myself like, man, like I love riding BMX. Like me and my friends come out here and dig these dirt jumps, and like BMX is everything for me. Like what else do other people do, right? And then like literally overnight, done. Gone, right yeah. like that i like huge identity crisis at that point in my life just didn't know uh yeah didn't know anything else didn't know another life besides that so so um yeah like it just so like i so i got really angry about that and like uh and like naturally like he went into like um like like naturally like he pulled away right um and and like and like it took me time to accept and like to like to accept uh what had happened and like at a certain point i was like trying to get like financial compensation for it right like through like insurance and then the like the insurance contacts me lawyers contact me lawyers like lawyers contact him and then the lawyers came back to me and were just like hey like he's being like uh he's being like very dismissive very like uncooperative right like we think there's something up um but like, but like, but at this point, like based off of the testimonies we have, like you're at fault here. And that was a really tough thing for me to accept. Right. Like, not only am I going to lose an arm, but it's my fault. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Myself, man, like, man, that, like that was so tough for me. Right. And like, I avoided talking about it. Right. I would like, because I just felt like such a fool. Yeah. Um, and and like, uh, like hindsight, I'm just like so grateful things worked out the way that they did because it gave me the opportunity to take ownership and take responsibility and like acknowledge that there's some things in life that are out of our control. Right. And it's not, and, and like, and sometimes it's like, it's, it's not anyone's fault. It's not like, it's, it's, it's just life. Yeah. Uh, Amori Fati is like what I've grown to like learn or what I've grown to know it as. Right just like accepting fate. But yeah, so um, just like moving forward from that, it gave me the opportunity to take responsibility for what had happened. Um, and, and like, and then also like work on that relationship with Zach and like, and like that didn't happen overnight. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, 
conscious ongoing effort in my mind. Right. But just like as more time passed, like um, I didn't talk to him for for years. Right. For like five years. And then uh, and like and I would like um, infrequently go back to San Antonio. Right. So so I'd be around, but like wouldn't reach out to him. And I went back to San Antonio uh, like four or five years after the matter. And I'm visiting a friend and he tells me, he's like, hey, like my roommate, like like my unit mate, right? Like the guy who lives next door is that. And I was just like, no way, right? <laughs> like, and, and so like something was like irking me. I was like, man, I got to go like address this, right? And like, I went over there and knocked on the door and like, and like, he didn't answer. And like, for one second, I thought I was out of it. Right. I'm like, I'm tight. But then, but then I went and sat down and thought about like, no, like, like I, a big motivator for me through that whole process was like, it's important that I learn to deal with this hardship, with this struggle, with this circumstance, because I can like, I'm not the first person to deal with this, like to go through something like this. And I'm sure not going to be the last person. Right. So it is so important that I learn to make the most of my situation. And uh, yeah, so yeah, like just acknowledging like part of that healing process, part of that growth process was like showing my face to Zach and showing him like, hey, everything's okay. We're good. Like no hate, no animosity. Like, and uh, yeah, I uh, I just had my buddy contact him and like, it's like just tell him like that I was there and that I wanted to see him and uh yeah like it was super cool like he ended up coming over and like we just hung out for like 20 or 30 minutes and like like we didn't have to like 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 we said so much without saying anything right right yeah like like it was just really important for us both to like spend some time together yeah man I can't imagine the healing that, that came from that just 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 meeting and seeing each other face to face having gone through that because I'm sure he's been through a lot in the, in the past few years as well. I'm sure he felt yeah. guilt and all those things that, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, and, and I would hear that through secondary sources within the time, like we didn't talk. Right. And like just processing that. Right. And like growing to learn, like growing to know, like, 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 man, I wouldn't want to be burdened with that. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and I can do something about this. Right. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm not powerless in this situation. So yeah. Um, that was, uh, that was a really powerful part of like of my rehab process and just like one of the like one of the major one of yeah just one of the major points for me and big like big takeaways for me yeah and, what a huge lesson man i know that i know it took guts to do that so i, I know you should be proud of yourself on that I mean, a lot of people don't do that they don't take that step even though like you said they have the power to go do that they won't do it because it's you know they're scared of the unknown or how that person's gonna react or the, they have to sit in those feelings of somebody is not an easy thing so kudos to you on that so the where, where in this process do you discover the paralympics oh dude so uh flashback to 2014 uh i spend the seven days in the hospital i come home um, I'm getting set up at, uh, at Samsey, the San Antonio medical center, um, used to be called Bamsey, the Brooks army medical center. I was born at Fort Sam Houston, which is like right next to it. Right. It's a military installation. Um, so I'm transitioning to Samsey and, uh, I go get an EMG performed and it's an electromyographing machine. It measures like a uh, nerve impulse, right? Uh, basically measures it, it, electricity current. So they so they can take this machine and pinpoint where the obstruction in the nerve pathway is, right? Think of your nerves as a highway system. And if there's an obstruction in your forearm, right? Like there's gonna be certain current all the way up until that point and then less current afterwards, right? So. So I'm having an EMG performed and when the session begins, the mood's really light and we're having like the, the doctor and I are having casual conversation and he's, they start at the furthest point, which is your nerve, your fingers. Right. And then they work their way up the nerve pathway. So he's like starting on my fingers and he's getting further up my arm. And as he's progressing, like he's getting more focused and we're talking less and like, I can like, I can tell like he's getting more serious. And then eventually like we're all the way up on my spine and, and like there's someone else in the room and they're like, they're like, they're taking these like such precise measurements. Right. And they're telling me not to talk. And I'm like, 
this is serious, yeah. right? Like, and then he left and he came back probably like 30 minutes later. <laughs> and like, um, and like, and he told me, he's like, um, I like, like, like I told him at that point, I'm like, yeah, my goal is get, like to get back to riding BMX. Right. Like, and, and mind you, like, I didn't, we didn't realize the severity of my injury at that point. Right. I was told when I was released from the hospital, they're like, oh, it's a stinger. It happens in common football injury. You'll regain use in a week. Don't worry about it. Um, so when he came back, he like notified me like, Hey, this is more than likely a bolst, uh, like here are your options. And one of those options was amputation. So that was the first time I heard the word amputation. Right. Yeah. And, and like very surreal, right? Like I'm 19 years old. Um, like, I'm like, I'm very independent at this point in my life. Right. Like I've moved out. I'm working as a pharmacy technician. I'm going to school like three quarters time. Like I'm trying to make it right. And then like, uh, yeah, like just like heard the words amputation and like, was just like, nah and like immediately went home and started researching uh like amputations and like started looking at amputees and then was so disgusted like was just so repulsed and was just like i'm like no that is not gonna be me right and like um and then going forward from there um like was just like really optimistic even like <laughs> yeah just like overly optimistic somewhat about like uh, me recovering. Right. But also it's like, what else are you going to do? Right. Like you cannot, like you can either embrace it and like hope and wish for the best and do everything you can or, or be more upset than you have to be. That's right. Yeah. I, like, so with a decision, you, you could have left the arm there or you could have it yeah. amputated. So was that a tough decision? You're like, maybe, maybe they'll have a, some new technology that can fix me up or something like that. Were you having those things or just, Hey man, let's just do it and move forward. Um, so, um, so at first I was, was reluctant, was reluctant to have an amputation. And then as I moved forward in my limb salvage process, uh, and like went through atrophy and like dealt with it on a day-to-day -day basis, I reached the conclusion that my life and quality of life would be better without it. Um, and to get back to the Paralympic thing, I researched amputees. And then like shortly after that, I like, I like I researched adaptive sport, right? Parasport, because I went to the center for the intrepid and one of the, P one of the PTs there um, was involved in uh ride to recovery and like operation comfort. So I went on a ride with them and he was like, yeah, you should definitely look into paracycling. Um, and so it like popped up on my radar early on. I acknowledged it. One of the first, um, like one of the first sports I found was track cycling, which I, which I was aware of prior to, uh, to my trauma, but, um, and like, and, and I appreciated it and admired it. Same goes for road cycling. One of my friends had transitioned from BMX racing to road racing. And so like, I'd hang out with him and like, we would watch road cycling and track cycling. And like the first time I ever saw track cycling, I thought it was so cool. So posh, right? Like, like these, like, just like very, very, uh, just like badass elite. Right. Like, um, yeah. So it was, it, it was appealing, but I never thought I'd pursue it. And then when I researched adaptive sports, one of the first sports I saw was track cycling. And I saw an athlete named Joe Grinney, um, who is also a high right arm transhumeral amputee. And so like immediately I'm like, okay, it's possible, right? Like yeah. he rips, I can rip. Like, so I had that thought, but then it went way into the back of my head. Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not having an amputation, right? I'm recovering from this. And so like, saying like saying that song that I was going to be better for about a year. And then like <clears throat> kind of took stock, took perspective, like where I was at in my recovery, um, had like researched my injury more and was just like more aware about like the prognosis of it. Um, and yeah, just acknowledging where I was in it and where I was, was very little reinnervation, close, like close to null. Um, and like, that was such a tough thing because it's like, every day I'm going into rehab. It's like, my focus is to like, make my, like get my arm better. Right. And like every day I'm, I'm, I'm going in there and I'm putting the work in and people are asking like, do you feel better? And I'm like, yes, I feel better. Yes. I feel better. Right. So man, I'm feeling so much. And I'm like, and, and I wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
and like uh yeah so that was one thing is like uh well yeah just like just uh just like just acknowledging the the, the reality of where i was and what was happening so uh around the year mark started to flirt with the idea around a year and a half i was like open to it and the to your point, I was sold, right? And so about two and a half years later, um, July of 2016, um, I was scheduled for my amputation. And then it was delayed three times over the course of like a month or two. And like for various reasons, like one was there was a conflict uh, with this, like with the surgeon schedule. And then like the next one was like um, another patient like uh, someone like a more it, it, a more immediate patient arose, right? Um, and then finally, when it happened, it was um, like late July of 2016, and which put me in a recovery room watching the Rio games, and and like and like dude, like the games were like getting me through, like just watching, like yeah, just like watching. Um, yeah, dude, watching the games just like fueled me and just like seeing like seeing these athletes um and just envisioning and imagining like all the time and preparation and like hard work and passion. Yeah. And well, I think you nailed it earlier, man. When you saw that dude, you're like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. That's so important to see that it's it's not yeah. an impossible thing that people are out there doing it right now. Why not me? I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh and so I was watching the games and like I just had this wild thought. I was like, man. 2016 i'm sat up in a bed 2020 like i want to be there and yeah so i got out of the hospital and i'd already been positioning my life um towards sport right towards getting back to riding bikes but i'm like very much uh experienced like an identity crisis i don't like i don't know i'm like at a loss of confidence i'm at a loss in like uh just like spirit wise right like i'm I'm a lot bigger than I want to be. Right. I'm like, 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 like I was somewhere around like 200, 210 pounds. And that's, that's really big for me. Um, like I, like, man, I just like, I kind of like accepted that that part of my life was over. Like I like that, that I wasn't going to be an athlete. Right. That like, Hey, you're like, you're not gonna be a pro athlete. <laughs> not this time. And then, um, and then I thought otherwise, I just like, I just looked at my situation and realized and like saw, saw a way out. I wasn't able to explain it in the moment. Right. But I'm like, yo, adaptive cycling, paracycling, that's a thing. I want to do that. Where am I right now? So I looked at what I had right now and what I had right now was prior to my trauma, I was riding BMX full-time working full-time and then post-trauma, I could no longer work and school uh, like, and I withdrew from school, uh, for like for a semester and then went back initially full-time couldn't handle full-time. So I went back part-time again. Right. So, and so eventually I get back to, so then I'm sorry, the way my, so then the way my day-to-day -day looks like post trauma is it's like, wake up, rehab, sit in the pharmacy, go to school. Right. Some combination of that. And then go to the library because when I'm in the library and like I can get help with my homework and I'm like setting and that's a safe place for me. I'm like going to be far more productive. My life is going to have more value if I'm in the library than if I'm hanging out in my house right now. Right. Or out with my friends. Right. So, yeah, like I just I just started investing a lot of time into myself and realizing uh, and realizing the potential that that could have. Right. Um, so I just started investing time in my education and, um, and, and in the past I had never applied for scholarships. So, um, so I decided like, man, I like, I, I want to start and I decided that I was going to start applying for scholarships. And part of it was literally just a shift in my mindset was because prior I'm like, Oh, they're not going to give it to me. Well, because I wasn't trying, I didn't have right. any, like, I wasn't worth giving it to. Right. Yeah. So like, so there was a big shift there and like I started researching scholarships and found the Terry foundation and, um, and applied for it. Uh, it uh, applied for a non-traditional scholarship. Um, 
went through the interviewing process, made it through the first round of interviews, made it through the second round, and then was awarded it. And what that enabled me to do was choose between 13 different public institutions in Texas. By the way, go to the Terry Foundation, check it out. (laughs) They're awesome. Like anyone who's, who any Texas resident who's about to graduate high school, friends, family, anyone around that age, apply for it. They have traditional scholarships. Now I think the non-traditional scholarship is less. Go to the, go to the Terry Foundation. They're great. They're great. They're great. So I went to, so I ended up receiving a scholarship from them and that enabled me to choose between 13 different institutions. And I chose the one that was n- near a velodrome, right? And like never having ridden a track, right? But like, I just knew like, hey, if I want to, like I could develop here, right? I want, I, I didn't limit myself in that capacity. So I moved out there and then following that first semester, I had three goals at the time. It was maintain my, maintain my academic scholarship, graduate on time and make it to Tokyo 2020. And after the first semester, I was reflecting on those three things and I'd made progress and success on the first two, but not on the last one, which was Tokyo. And I realized, man, there's a thousand steps between now and Tokyo. And I think I'm just going to like roll up to Tokyo, like <laughs> get real, dude. So like same goes, I just like, I started small. I just started riding my bike every day, just like investing time into it, just small steps. Um, And like, and it really has just snowballed from there. And like, there have been like so many crossroads where it's like, oh, like now, now's a great time to quit. Right. Like there's plenty (laughs) of struggle. This isn't working out. And like, I just like, I have to do it. Right. I have to ride bikes. Like, it's just so much a part of me. It was like, it was and, and it's something like when I've like looked through my life, like, I mean, like even prior to my trauma, right? Like just like riding, like I would have way better days when I'd wake up and ride my bike to school and then like get out of school and I get to ride home. Like, man, and just like I mentioned it earlier, like for me, it was like around the age of like, man, it was after something, something wild happened on that trip that I got injured. Um, I had like told myself, I'm like, man, I'm going to like, I'm going to commit to BMX. Like, like school, like school was, was, school was going good, but like, I like no longer wanted to study pre-pharmacy. Like I was just going to school cause it, cause it was something to do. And then, um, and then like, so I decided I was like, okay, I'm going to wrap up my contract at the, like, um, at the job I was at. And then I was just going to like commit to riding BMX and like go couch surf and like live that life and figure it out. Right. Yeah. And like, and then I got it and then I got hit by a car and then like, uh, yeah, it's just like so wild. It's like, and then I thought that life was gone, right? That life was over. Um, and so like to be able to get back to that in some capacity, right? Like, uh, it's, it, it, like, it, it really is a dream come true. And, and I forget that sometimes, right? Yeah. Like, like, like I still get ignorant. I still make mistakes, right? I still get complacent. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, welcome, welcome to be a human, man. We, we're all like that, right? You know, even that's that's you're a high achiever, man. So it's good to hear for me to hear that. You know, hey, it's rough for you too sometimes. You know, even though you've accomplished all these things, you're accomplished even more. It's tough, man. You don't just get up every day and you're super motivated. Uh, there's there's not those days every day. So how did you get into? Hey, I, I got a long way to go to Tokyo. To, what's my formal training program? Are you just out there just kind of hammering out miles? What's your? Do you have a plan? Uh, so. So one of the first things I did was I started riding my bike every day. Um, well, like, even if it was for 15 minutes before class or five minutes after class, right? Just like make the habit of getting on the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started, as I started seeking, I found my way, right? Just like, I do, I think that's like one of the beautiful things in life. It's like, you don't have to know, like, you don't have to have all the parts or know all the whys, like, um, like, Thing, like things reveal themselves and and you're able to make choices based off your intuition and previous experience right so moving forward i was just like riding my bike on a daily basis got involved with the cycling club got involved with the triathlon club um like i said i'm like i was about 70 pounds more than i am now and um and acknowledging the, acknowledging that i had potential in in a lot of these different things and not limiting myself and just trying on these different things. And like, that was something that's just been like a huge reoccurring theme for me, um, has been trying on new identities and, um, 
not putting things past myself and and letting go like letting go of of things that don't serve me well man that's huge right there that's that's a lot of people struggle with that they just hold even though it's painful and they're holding on to these things because that's what they know right but if they let go of that then they got to grab something new and that's that's a scary thing so that's it's good on you to, to recognize that and then and to let that go it's so huge and so following um so I remember May of 2017, I started running again and I, and, and I decided that I was going to run a mile and I set off and then I reevaluated. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run a quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and like, and I stopped and I like looked down at my app and like, I'd ran like a 12, like a 12 minute pace or like a 10 minute pace. Right. Like not not very efficient, not, not very quick. And, and I took, and I just like took that thought in my mind. Like, I just reminded myself, I'm like, Hey, this is where you're at. Like, don't like, like, don't be upset about it. Don't bitch about it. Don't like, like I, I, I showed myself grace, right? Like, Hey, this is where you're at. Just be okay with it. Like that was a lesson in itself. And, and I ran three more of those and I ended up like finishing the mile. Right. And, and I had the thought of, when I was in seventh grade, I ran a seven minute mile, like right, like right flat, seven minutes flat. I was like, I will never be able to run a seven minute mile again. And like, and, and I was so wrong. Um, yeah. And moving forward from there, I just like, I just, I started running more. I started riding my bike more. Right. I just, I started to develop habits that were more in line with the person I wanted to be. And like, I didn't know exactly who that person was. And like, I have no legacy in the sport. I didn't have a lot of role models. Right. But like, just always keeping my eyes out. Right. Like, and like, uh, just trying to surround myself with, with people who were in, who had similar ambitions. Right. And so like, so like hanging out with the cycling club, hanging out with the fast guys, right. Going, like going to, going to rides. I had no business being in and just getting dropped. Right. And, um, and just like looking for like looking for those growth opportunities and for those gaps and um yeah like it's so so then through running i like get interested in triathlon i join the triathlon club um i start i start training with the triathlon club at at unt um coach ben drizek was like the first person i ever like worked with and he was like and he was a he's a great endurance coach um and just kind of like showed like showed, showed me the ways, um, just how to just consistency and training, um, like periodized training, like how to target a race, right? What what you should be doing in the off season, what you like what you should be doing on the on season. Um, so I worked with him, and then October of 2017, I went to a talent ID camp in uh, at the USOPC. Uh, the United States Olympic Paralympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Um, the way I became aware of that training camp was I was in the chemistry building at UNT uh, copying a laboratory at like six in the morning and it popped up on my Facebook feed, right? Because I was like taking a break or whatever. I obviously wasn't doing my lab and I was on Facebook <laughs> and that popped up and I was like, oh, let me submit this application. So I submitted it and then was was selected and came out for a camp in 2018. And then um and at that camp, they basically show they show you how the program functions, right? They educate you on the qual on the qualification process. Like how do you get from novice to Olympic or to Paralympic podium, right? Um so yeah, it's like more it's 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 educational as well as an opportunity for them to see where you are in your athletic development so went to that camp in 2018 or in 2017 and then competed at track nationals in um december of 2017 and then competed at track open which is a uh qualifying event or a selection event for world's team in february of 18 and had had displayed enough uh like progression like between those three events that that they felt comfortable offering me a residency for the summer of or for 2018 and then i was like trying to maintain that scholarship so i decided that i was gonna um buy like that i was gonna bypass 
the year long residency and just come for the summer and wrap so I could wrap up my classes as fast as I could and then come back in 2019. Um, and then like, and then even like, e- like even that didn't work out. Right. <laughs> like, like, it's just like, it, it's just so funny how like initially like that was the plan. And like, I like worked so hard to get into the program and then it like, and then last minute I was dismissed from the program. Wow. Yeah. And then like, uh, just decided like, just like did some poking around and like in the Springs and found a room that was available and just decided like, man, I'm just going to move up there independently because like, cause, cause that's, that's, that's the place I know to develop. Right. Like I don't know any other place to go to. And beyond that, like this has all the resources I need. It has a track, it has a cycling community, right? Like this is the place I can do it. So yeah, I moved here independently and then, uh, trained for about trained from 20. I moved up here basically the end of 2018. So 2019, 2020, 2021. Yeah. So basically trained three years independently. And like, part of that was like, um, was like, I still like, like my classification, there was, uh, there was, there was, uh, there was like, uh, we were still trying to sort out if I would, what my classification would be in the sport. And so initially I thought I was going to be a lower classification. And then I found out that I was a, a higher classification, which is more competitive and like, and, and the requirements between the two are very different. So like initially I was like world-class and then I was like reclassified and like, and I wasn't even top 10. Mm. So, so, and then just in terms of, uh, yeah. And, and like, and so, and so the program, like, un, like, unfortunately, like I was just like, I was dismissed from, from the program. Right. Um, so like, yeah. So like, they're like, man, like there's so many opportunities to stop. Right. But just, but I don't want to, like, I just like, 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 I love it so much, man. Like, like, like I'll do it. I've done it for no money. I'll do it for no money. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just see a, I see a theme throughout your life, man. Just, just so much resiliency. And, and when you're, you're down, you have this growth mindset of, well, man, I I'm down, but I can get better. I can improve. I can, I can do this and just sticking with it is an amazing thing that so many people don't have. So uh, kudos to you, man, just to, just not give up and keep that dream alive. Cause, cause so many people, they find, you know, they want the path to success to be this linear thing where it's just, all right, I do A, B, C, and D and I, I'm there. And it's so not that you go to A, sometimes you go back to Z, back to A three or four times. It's not like that. So your, your, your path is so crazy. And then you stuck with it too, that when so many others would have given up. Man. And like, and, and the one that sucks is it's like making the same mistake, right? Like, man, I thought I learned this one, man. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Not quite, not quite. Right. So, um, I, man, I've heard it said like, if it, like, if you can look up, you can get up. Right. And, um, you don't know how strong you are until like, you have to be strong. And, and, and I just think, man, like that was one thing when I acknowledge, I'm like, man, like this, it gave me an opportunity to take responsibility for my life and just like move forward. And, um, and I really, I, I, I believe that's in every single one of us. Right. Like I, I think greatness is in every single one of us. Like, just like, I think like there's a demon in every single one of us. Right. Um, like, like there is this like duality of like good and bad and like, um, like, and like, and I think it's important to be like graceful with yourself and understand like not every day is going to be a great day. Like there are going to be bad moments. There's going to be tough moments. You're going to make mistakes. Um, but taking ownership for those things and moving forward, like speaks volumes more, right? Like the impact that can have on yourself and the people around you, like, um, when you take ownership and start living your best life and like really start trying to add value to the world. Right. Like, um, it, like it has an effect that was that, like that, that's been a big takeaway from my experience as well as like, just like learning to like, like learning to get, like learning to live a good life. Um, and like moving forward, um, not realizing, like real realizing that the experience has has taught me so many lessons and that those lessons can are are, are going to have parallels in my life and other people's lives and it's important that i learn to express and share those things because like what else do we have besides right. our stories um yeah like you telling this right now there, there may be someone right now that i don't know maybe it wasn't a loss of a limb but maybe it's something else that they're going through right now where things just look so dark and so bleak and maybe they, they think they can't look up right now, so they can't get up. And just to see someone like you talked about earlier, that someone has done it, why not me? 
if that if he's done it, look at all the look at all the stuff he's been through. It didn't it didn't end when he lost his limb. That's just the beginning. He's been through so many trials since then. Why can't I? Maybe I can get up and and try another day. You know, that's I had a my last podcast guest. That's something that got her through. That just you know that sometimes you know courage is just saying I'll, I'll get up and try again tomorrow. And man, we can we can all do that. That's that folks. Cause we focus on so many things rather that's out of our control. And what you've done is, hey, th- hey, this is out of my control. What I can control is my actions going forward. And that's what you've done. You've got up and moved out there independent, man. That's <laughs> that's a scary thing, but you did that. And all these other things along the way, your journey's amazing. So I know you're a goal oriented guy. So let me let me ask you this: What is like your uh, your top three things you want to accomplish? Uh, I want to start a family. Um... I, I want to grow the sport of paracycling. Um, I have so many more than three. <laughs> hey, trying to narrow them down. You can give me more, yeah. man. If you got more, we can hear them all. Yeah. Like, so, so like, uh, so like some of the more superficial ones are like world championships, right? Uh, Paralympics. Um, I like, I want to like, I want to bridge the gap between a parasport and professional and like, and compete in the men's pro peloton. Right. Like, um, I would like to do a grand tour race at some point. Um, I want to establish nonprofits focused in traumatic transitioning and adaptive rehabilitation and create community centers where people can think can come to for growth and healing and just, and for company. Um, yeah, those, those are some of my goals. Um, I, I want to, I want to break the, the hour record this year. Uh, it's currently 42 K. I want to, I, I want to go for 50 K. Wow. Right. Like that's what I've been training for. Um, yeah. And, and like, just, and like, and like right now, like just kind of being at a loss for words makes me like kind of think about it, like, man, like I really do need to define some of those things more. And because, because that's been so helpful in the past. Right. Like things don't always go according to plan, but like, just like, just the power of thought is, is just, in like immeasurable and just like thinking yeah just like thinking things through has been has been helpful so yeah like that's something i'm gonna do like following this conversation is just kind of think about like what are those three big goals right yeah they're powerful because i know you you talked about earlier you had three things you want to do when you're in school and 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 you they really helped you stay on that path because it also tells you you know what what do i not want to do what's gonna you know kind of take my time away from the the main thing being the main thing so yeah getting yourself laser focused is is a good thing so let me ask you is how much do you know about huntsville alabama uh a little bit what i know most is that's where oakwood uh oakwood university is right right and then And that's where Eric Thomas went. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah, he's a man. Yo, so I, um, man, there, man, there's a bunch of these moments, and I passed over a couple of them, but I'm going to share this one with you. Um, these like confirmation moments throughout my journey, where just these things will happen, and I'm like, and it's like, it's a message, it's a sign, right? It's like, pay attention. Um, one of those things was like, like Eric Thomas. And like his content was huge for me. Um, like when I initially started training and like was in university at UNT and then it kind of died out for a couple years. And like, and when I would l- listen to it, like now, like now and then it would kind of like reignite or remind me of like where I was. Cause I'd already made so much progress. Right. But then it kind of lost its luster and I'm like moving forward in this journey. And I was like, like, and I've been thinking about listening to his content for a month or two. And then when I get off the plane for our qualifier last year in, in Huntsville, like not like not knowing that he was from that area or anything. Right. Like there's just like this giant billboard of him in the airport. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. And like, for me, it was just like, 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 Oh, okay. I'll like, okay. I'll listen to it. And like, man, like really has, uh, really has made an impact on me and just my, and like my day to day and like has been a source of, uh, positive content and, um, and like, and like has been like a, like a mentor and like a role model, someone I like to like to look towards. Right. Yeah. ET is a man. He's amazing. If you don't, if you have never checked out his content, you go pause this right now, do what you got to do, but go, go, go listen to his content. He's amazing. An amazing guy. So he's, uh, uh, he's everywhere too. If you hadn't heard him, that's on you. Uh, he's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of Huntsville, you're, you're about to come back to Huntsville in May, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we're coming back for the third uh, UCI Paracycling World Cup. Pretty, pretty stoked. It's, it's amazing. So uh, it's going to be May 26th through 29th, Memorial Day weekend. If you guys are listening right now, start making plans to attend. So uh, what's your goal for that race? What's, what's What are you looking for here? Do you have a goal on that one in mind other than just winning the whole thing? Do you have a time you're looking for? Well, uh, so that'll be the third and final World Cup. Um, last season, I was World Cup leader after the first World Cup, after the second World Cup. The third World Cup, um, I was the leader going into the very last day and then and then lost the jersey on the very last day oh no <laughs> yeah so 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 a little redemption would be nice right yeah, like, absolutely i see it like it's the first thing i see when i walk in my room right yeah. <laughs> i'm like this was yours <laughs> yeah that's so, yeah. a good motivator right there you know having that that visual reminder that's important to have so even if it taunts you all the time it's good to have so 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 yeah winning winning the overall would be great um yeah so 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 that's my goal right now right but just like just realizing like the day-to-day and especially in bike racing um man so many things have to go right in order for you to win not that it can't right but realizing like you're more likely to fail than you are to win that's something else huge motivator for me through my rehab acknowledging like man i'm more likely to fail in like to fail in this feat than i am to succeed but that shouldn't stop me. That shouldn't hinder me. That doesn't mean that it's not possible, right? Um, and then like fully committing to that idea, right? Like having that thought, but then believing it and like living it out day to day. And and I and I say that because it's like like because there are roadblocks, there are um unforeseeable things. Um, yeah, there 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 are moments of frustration and, and moments of doubt and just re- like you said, like, rem- like remembering, like, why not me? Why, like, why not yeah. me? Why not? Like, why Somebody's not? Somebody's got to win it. Somebody's got to win it. Why not you? Why not you, yep. man? <laughs> well, that's cool. So, so the people listening right now, like I said, it's going to be on May 26th through the 29th. It's going to be in Cummings Research Park. Hey, it's free. Come on, watch these amazing athletes for free, right? So I got to do my uh, Chamber of Commerce announcements right here, right? So, uh, so the time trials are Friday and Saturday. The road races are Sunday and Monday. And then there's different type of cycles. They got two-wheel cycles, hand cycles, two-person tandem, tricycles. Uh, and they're, everyone's trained. They're looking for Paris in 2024, right? That's the big oh, big goal, right? Paris, that would be the Paralympics. Would be Next year, by the way, 2024 is next year. Dude, that crept up on me until I just read that right there. So, And this is the first paracycling road World Cup ever held in the United States. I didn't know that. Right, right, right. Uh, we have hosted world championships before back in the 90s. I think it was 99 was uh, para world championships in Colorado Springs. But first time to have a World Cup. Oh, yeah. U.S. And win in the U.S. too, man. That's going to be even more special when you come down there and totally redeem yourself. That's going to be great, right? <laughs> so, like I said, they're usually held in Europe. And and we had a Rocket City the past two years been down here. And they got people from Belgium, Great Britain. Italy. There's 30 to 40 countries going to be here. So uh, the, so if you're out there, they're going to be out to be mindful on the roads out there. Uh, he's got his Huntsville Airport thing right there, right? So he's ready to roll already. So, uh, and you can find more information at HuntsvilleParaWorldCup.com. I'll put that in show notes. And they're looking for volunteers. If you're listening right now, you come volunteer, get a firsthand experience of that. It's a great way to see them up close. And if you sign up, you, uh, you'll be eligible win some great prize, a hotel stay, 500 bucks with Breeze Airways, some Team USA gear, and a lot more. So volunteer, get a hands-on view of everything and support the guy who's going to win right here. You can see him win first place. I just got a, I just got one more question for you, man. To kind of wrap this thing up. By the way, I appreciate all this. You got so many nuggets in here that I've taken away from this. But like I said, there's someone out there struggling right now that maybe they're in a dark place right now and they don't they don't think they can get up. What, what would you tell that person? Think, just to think about the person you're going to be. It's uh, yeah, just to to to, to think about the person you're going to be, um, and to show yourself grace and dignity. Um, what like what that means is. Uh, accepting where you're at and taking a step forward. So yeah, just looking forward to a better tomorrow. Yeah. I just, just prove that a happiness is possible. You know, if you can just see that, if you have that, that little glimmer of hope, like you had that glimmer of hope, I mean, just hold on to that, cling on to that thing. And, and you've made it so proud. I mean, I just met you, man, but I'm so proud of you, dude. <laughs>
I'm proud of you, man. Uh, I've been really enjoyed this conversation with you and just learning your, your journey about all the ups and downs that you're still kicking and you're still going to be not just kicking, man. You're, you're dominating. You're going to win this. I, I feel it right now, man. I feel it. If you've been through all this, why not you? Why not you winning this whole thing? Oh, thank you so much, Joe. Thanks. that uh, It really does mean a lot. Um, I appreciate that. And like, uh, man, and I, and I want to commend you on, uh, your ability to, to compliment people. Um, and I, I admire that about you. I can tell it's something you've practiced, um, but it also feels very sincere. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for doing that. It definitely Absolutely, feels- man. Yeah, it is. It's very sincere. So I, I mean, I've been through hard times too, and I, I know how hard it is to get back up and, and, and do that thing and, and to still be a positive person. And you're still a happy go lucky kind of guy, man. You didn't let life beat you down. And I respect that out of people. So, um, Hey, if you're listening to this right now and, and you've heard John's story, share it with somebody. There's probably someone in your life that needs to hear his story, that, that things are possible, that you could do something like this too, that you could, you may not be getting on a cycle or something like that, but you can do something that's going to get you in a better place than where you are right now. You don't have to stay in the dark. You know, be, let him be your guiding light out there. And man, and one day let's get you to meet ET, man. Put that on your bucket list too, right? We'll get you guys together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going on there. All right. Hey, John, man, appreciate so much for you being on time. So how can I, how can people keep up with you? What, what you got going on? Um, you can follow me on uh, social media. My name on Facebook is John Ranger Terrell. Um, my name on Instagram is five finger grip that's spelled out F I V E F I N G E R G R I P five finger grip. Um, starting a YouTube channel soon, uh, for para community efforts. Uh, that's a new nonprofit that, uh, that we just launched. Uh, it's focused around bringing awareness to para sport. So, uh, be on, be on the lookout for that. That's para community efforts. So. Yep. That's where you can find me. A lot of exciting things, man. It's going up. It's going well. So, John, thanks again for your time coming on. Hey, uh, we're going to bring this thing home in Huntsville. I'm very excited about that. And keep up the great work. Keep inspiring, keep inspiring people. Keep getting out there and getting after it, man. We appreciate it. Likewise, Joe, thank you so much for the opportunity and for having a place for us to come and talk to and provide representation for us. Oh, absolutely, man. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Keep up with John when he goes to win. You can celebrate with him on the Instagram and all that good stuff. So, you guys, thanks so much for listening in. We'll see you next week. Wow, what a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion, optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realit. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.